Good morning, Cameron. Great to be with you again on this gorgeous Tasmanian summer's day. And Cameron, it's interesting that we live in what people call a, a connected world. Everyone's connected now, and what, what's intriguing is you can see a gr- you know a small group of teenagers walking down the street, and what are they all doing? They're going to school. No, Cameron, they're texting someone. <laughs> oh, they're texting somebody. <laughs> or they're surfing, they're surfing <laughs> yes. Twitter or Facebook or something, and it's it's such a bizarre scene to see three girls walking down yes. the street all with their faces down and their phones. Oh, I shouldn't laugh, you, but it is funny. No, you see it everywhere. You do. You see well, it everywhere. It, it, it is bizarre, and yet, despite that, we have so many people who are now experiencing loneliness and there is something about human connection rather than technology connection that is dare i say it irreplaceable and so one of the things that we're seeing now is a a growing problem it's a growing problem of loneliness and it, it is in the midst of the, the the fact that you can you can talk with anyone almost anywhere in the world at any time and yet we're lonely the the, the loneliness is a growing problem mm. and despite the other irony of this and it's a, it's sort of a d- despite the fact that people have you know um been trying to foist off the the Victorian morals of conservative sexuality and relationships and things like that. Increasingly, despite that, there's another one of these ironies, despite that we have more and more relationship breakdowns mm. where people are looking for love and not experiencing it. It's the, the, These two things, I just stand back and look and think this is deeply ironic that we have a world that claims to be more connected than ever yet lonelier than ever a world that wants quote unquote free love but just can't seem to find true love yeah it's an amazing thing and i want to talk today cameron about loneliness because there would not be a person listening right now and we do want to welcome our listeners who are listening across northern tasmania we we uh, i spoke with someone last night who says they were, li- they were listening last night up at sassafras and someone said they were they were, they were listening loud and clear uh in devonport and of course we've got people listening over in st helens and scottsdale so good morning to everybody listening right across northern tasmania and Online, We've got people listening in the United States, New Zealand, England, Africa, uh, parts of Europe who are listening right now live. So welcome. And every one of you, including me, has experienced and sometimes even battled with loneliness. There's that deep sense of loneliness. Let's define what we're talking about, Cameron. And then I don't just want to explore and talk about the problem because we're aware of the problem. We know what it feels like and for some people the pain of loneliness is almost intolerable loneliness is is that sense that no one cares no one hears no one even sees and no one needs me so the first thing i want to point out cameron when we're talking about loneliness is there's a difference to being alone and being lonely 
Absolutely, you, yeah. You, you can actually be alone, and, and I would suggest that there is something in the human condition, the human soul, that needs alone time. You actually need to be alone for psychological, social, and spiritual reasons. And, of course, intellectual reasons, if you've ever tried to study and you've got children sort of pulling at your you know, your arm your clothes or whatever demanding your attention you would know that one of the one of the the, the, the best places to study is alone so uh, being alone and being lonely are two different things i think that's one of the first things we need to point out but but here's the other side to that just because you're not alone and that is just because you're in a room with other people doesn't mean you're not lonely yeah how many people have been surrounded by people and yet they still feel desperately lonely the answer is lots lots of people experience that and it's a very painful place to be where you you are in a room where you're surrounded by people who are happy and you may even be joining in the happiness but yet there is an ache that you're experiencing because let's come back to the definition of loneliness because you feel no one cares you feel no one really is hearing you and you feel that no one really even sees you or worst still no one even Need you, so you can be in a room where you're experiencing th- this inner turmoil. Yet externally, it looks like you've got it all together. And I've been on planet Earth just long enough now to realise this is a very common thing. One of the things that aggravates this is that, and and this is another one of those things that if if everybody in that room just stopped for a moment and if say for example if i had the audacity to and i've never done this but if i walked into the room and i just said okay can i just have everyone's attention for the moment who here in this room right now is desperately lonely now you would think that would be the weirdest thing to do maybe at a party or a, a function because after all there's a group of people talking and chatting and laughing and socializing what on earth would what possible chance would i have of anyone saying they're lonely in that context and here's what i think i would probably discover most of the people would probably indicate that right then in that moment they were actually lonely and this is a this is something that uh, i i find curious that if more people realized that though even those around them are feeling in a very similar sense of loneliness to them they may begin to relate differently to other people so loneliness when does you know loneliness can be sparked or triggered by certain things for example a bereavement we we call it and i think it 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 highlights this sense of loneliness we call it losing a loved one of course for those who have the hope of knowing their eternal destiny is secure in christ which i i hope 
everyone will come to know we we don't generally use that language if we think about it because for us people who are in christ who share that hope are not lost to us we know in fact they've never been more found so bereavement can trigger loneliness especially if you've been in a relationship with your spouse for multiple decades 40 50 years perhaps or more or even 30 40 50 years and then they pass that that bereavement can leave a gap a a, a gulf in someone's life that is causes a deep deep ache loneliness and i think people need to realize that when you when you experience bereavement you are vulnerable to loneliness what else can cause loneliness relocation i pastored in melbourne for a time uh, over 20 years ago and we were right near a raf air force base and one of the phenomenon in fact um one of the people who became my friend during that time over 20 years ago was andrew Rowe, captain andrew Rowe. good on you andrew (laughs) what a champion yeah he certainly is and doing now uh doing some volunteer work here at yfm uh, moved relocated to tasmania flies with the royal flying doctors that's a sideline but been a long-term friend he and sarah so but one of the one of the the uh, issues that the RAF faced was that they were continually moving their personnel every three, four, five years, sometimes two years, depending if they were married or not. And the upheaval that that causes in families is immense. Now they do it for there's all sorts of strategic reasons why they they do that, but it it nonetheless causes an upheaval in in families. It, it makes it difficult for uh stay-at-home mums with young children to connect because you know just two years ago they were in another state not just another city another state and now they're moving again and so relocation can trigger loneliness the friends that you did have you haven't got now new employment can trigger loneliness you go from perhaps working for a, a company a business an organisation where you knew everyone, they knew you, but for some noble reasons, you, you've you moved to a different business company, organisation, and you don't really know anyone. And suddenly that that kind of highlights to you that you you feel lonely in this. You've Coming back to our definition, no one cares about you, no one really hears what you have to say. They don't know what you think. They, they don't really see you. They and they they don't. There's no one there that particularly right now needs you. So loneliness can be triggered by new employment. We could add into that new school. Many children who are relocated from school to school end up becoming what people describe as socially dysfunctional, which is another almost fancy way. Although it's not very fancy, isn't it? It's almost a cold way of saying they're lonely. And their loneliness manifests with a cry for help. And, of course, illness. Someone who is a long-term hospitalised, and that might be weeks, maybe months, can feel like they've been forgotten. 
and they're they're out of the the scene they're out of the 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 picture of most people's view and so they they feel like again no one cares no one hears no one sees no one really needs me and and so those things can become triggers for loneliness Cameron let's take our first music break and we're going to come back I want to talk about the danger of wallowing in loneliness and then I want to look at five things that the lonely can do to address their situation yeah and Cameron loneliness let's use this word and it may shock people that I'm going to use this word especially on morning radio but loneliness can become toxic and it become it can become toxic because when you're lonely and we've talked about the things that trigger loneliness bereavement job relocation new employment new school illness those sorts of things when that's when that's happened or happening the lonely and we and, and again i'm just I'm, I'm putting myself and everybody into this category we are all vulnerable at that time at that season in our life because what can happen is you be you you can you can actually blame your loneliness on others and that can lead to bitterness and spite so for example i'm i'm lonely i'm experiencing how we define loneliness before which is no one cares no one hears no one sees no one really needs me i'm i'm experiencing that and so what do i do i blame other people it's their fault they should care they should no one's listening to me they should at least acknowledge me they should you know involve me invite me to their parties invite me to the whatever no one needs me and and so it can lead to a bitterness um, a resentfulness and that's what i mean by it can become toxic now here's the problem with that state and and i'm um, cameron i think i i think it's fair to say i'm not the only one who has met and encountered people and that's that's what's happened they've become bitter spiteful resentful toward other people yes and yes. blaming them for their loneliness and here's here's what happens it becomes what's called a catch-22 where the 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 very thing that you're doing creates the problem creates the problem in itself so what you think is the problem actually creates the problem that's what we mean by catch-22 so you're you're feeling no one wants to be with you and you're blaming them for that and so you become spiteful, resentful, and bitter. And the result is no one really wants to be around a spiteful, bitter, resentful person. So this is when loneliness becomes toxic. And what do people do when they experience this spiral? They turn to comforts. Those comforts could be alcohol, drugs, food, or amusements and it could be that they wallow in computer games if they're in their you know under 30 or 40 or so 
Now, and this and this becomes a part of the problem as well because when you're drawing comfort from a from a a, a non-human interaction, you're you're actually less likely to have the very cause of your problem addressed. I mean, it's it's very difficult to socialize with someone who's absorbed in a, a virtual reality game. It's very difficult, very difficult. In fact, I've never been able to do it. And I don't think anyone else has either. And despite the fact that people kid themselves by saying, I'm playing this virtual reality game online <laughs> with someone in Uzbekistan right now. Huh, gee, I'm having such social interaction. <laughs> They're kidding themselves. So th this is when it, it becomes toxic. H here's, the, here's the other danger that can lead to loneliness becoming toxic. It, it actually lures a person into self-absorption and self-pity. And, and again, here's, here's something that perhaps... It is a spiral that the spiral needs to be broken because when when the the lonely are feeling particularly vulnerable and they are becoming self-absorbed they, they just think why doesn't anyone care about me why won't anyone hear what i have to say why doesn't anyone acknowledge me why don't i get invited to these things why why don't people ask me out for a coffee? Why am I being... Why me? Why? And the, the whole focus is, is on themselves, self-absorbed. Well, here's, here's this Catch-22 problem again, Cameron. People who are self-absorbed, and we've all met them. You, you, you spend five minutes with them, and the conversation just quickly becomes all about them. And they, they will just continually bring the topic of conversation around to them and even their problem and some people use their problem as as the means to get pity from others and and what they don't realize is that's very very unattractive it, it doesn't it doesn't cause people to warm to them it it actually creates the very problem they think they're solving so this is what we mean by a catch-22 situation, Cameron. So loneliness puts a person in a very vulnerable situation, leading to either this sense of spite, resent, resentfulness or bitterness, or this this it can lure someone into total self-absorption. So this is a this is a a real problem for those people who perhaps now may feel hey hang on a minute uh, the, well, in fact what i'm saying may even be slightly offensive to someone but but i'm not trying to be offensive i'm, I'm try, actually i want to offer some real practical help in a moment but it may be worth taking stock and going well hang on i'm not sure if i agree with what this guy's saying but is that my story right now am i someone who's ex who is experiencing loneliness and this is how I'm processing it. I'm processing it by blaming others. I'm processing it by 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 increasingly becoming bitter. And every time I meet with someone, I I, I tell them how lonely I am, and I I'm, I'm talking about you know why it's not fair and how others should you know really be more considerate of me. And hey, if that's 
if you can reflect on your topic of conversation and that's your story, can I suggest maybe we need to break a cycle here? Maybe we need to really take stock and, and look at this. Cameron, I think there's some, there's some practical steps that can be taken after the 9 o'clock news when we come back. Let, let's look at five things that people can do to address this. And just before we go to news, Cameron, I also just want to uh, thank um, our, our donors. We, we, we had a, one of our toughest months on record in January, and we're still trying to recover from that. And yet, uh, on <clears throat> just this week, I had someone uh, contact me and say that they were with someone who's in a really difficult place in their life. There's talk about, here we are talking about loneliness. They themselves, they were... They were with someone who's experiencing this emotion, loneliness, and asking some pretty deep, profound questions in their life. They were driving uh, together um, after 8.30, and everyone knows what we do after 8.30 here at YFM, and they heard something that uncannily and coincidentally spoke right into their situation. And they contacted me to say, what was what this person heard on YFM that night was the very thing that has started a whole new journey for them. Let's come back after the news, Cameron, and let's continue this talking about loneliness. Cameron, I'm certainly warm enough, and it's it's utterly delightful. And today's looking like another delightful day here. And just a reminder, if you would like to listen to this again, perhaps you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I think. There's someone who who might really benefit from listening to this, especially what we're about to say. You can always go to our wayfm.org.au slash download section, and there you'll see each of these Wednesday discussions archived um, for you to listen to or download online later on. So check that out as well. And if you're on Twitter or Facebook, you'll often see when it has been uploaded. We put the link on Facebook and uh, so you can find YFM, Launceston's YFM, on Facebook. And there you'll also hear what's going on uh, often, and you'll, you'll often find an easy one-click link to listen to YFM online as well. Cameron, I'm, I'm, we've defined what loneliness is, and, and we've, we've also uh, looked at the fact that we all experience it, and that... It's, it's not just about identifying what the problem is, and, and this is where I want to give some practical solutions. And dare I say it, these are time-tested and proven solutions for loneliness. And like anything, the, the, it, it's, not, it, it's not something that doesn't require a little bit of effort. <laughs> and this, this is, is a very difficult situation. I, I know, I, I've experienced... That the ache of loneliness, there are seasons when, you know, all of us can almost be overwhelmed by this. But let's let's look at five things the lonely can do. And we'll start with number five. Number five, take up an interest. Oftentimes people who are really experiencing the the, the depth of loneliness, the pain of loneliness, again as a result of the triggers, perhaps bereavement, relocation, new employment, new school, illness, they they actually stop doing things that they used to enjoy. 
So here's a, an interesting little mantra. People with interests are always interesting. People with interests are always interesting. Cameron, what interests do you have? <laughs> Music, mm-hmm. cricket. Uh, what else have I got? Um, Doctor Who, um, British television, and people overall. People above everything well, else. Okay, so you've got you've got some interests there that mm. no doubt, when you're socialising with someone, <laughs> gives you. Although you've just given an exceptionally boring list of <laughs> <coughs> interests. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> Uh, but it, yeah. when you're passionate about your interests... A lot of people I, agree with that too. <laughs> I, I know that your your taste in music is is unique um, because you're, the, you're apparently the one Billy Joel fan, is that right? Uh, the <laughs> biggest Billy Joel fan on the planet. But I like Louis Armstrong as well. Don't you like Louis Armstrong? Oh, Louis Armstrong, Satch, mate. Yeah. Amazing. He is. <clears throat> Amazing. Yes, he Jones. was indeed. Yes. Cameron... We digress. Do you mind if we just come back on topic for yeah, a moment? Yeah, please do. Please do. But but interesting people, uh, people with interests. So so, if you're really lonely, take up an interest, and it could be something that you can do by yourself. It doesn't have to be something. I'm not saying uh, here's a sneaky way to deal with your loneliness. It, you take up an interest like playing badminton or tennis or lawn bowls or something like that where it will get you out of the house and mixing with people. Although, having said that, None of those things are necessarily bad. In fact, they all might be extremely positive. But take up an interest. It could be knitting, sewing, Sudoku. It could whatever it is. Take up an interest. Do something. I, uh, um, uh, you and I both know Rex McLean. Rex is yeah. nearly ninety-three, I believe, He's and still in remarkable health too. Two years ago, yeah. he took up an interest in computers and photography and and putting digital photography into dvds and i thought go rex 91 years of age and he's learning how to create videos and and dvds using his computer that's just wonderful just exceptional really good okay so number four is volunteer now here's here's the thing lonely people often not always often have time on their hand often created by the gap of the trigger that's caused the loneliness so for example for someone who's experiencing bereavement they've they've got a gap there's a gap in their life now you know they used to come home they used to chat with their spouse they used to go out for coffee with their spouse they used to go to the movies with their spouse they used to take holidays with their spouse they used to go to the shop with their spouse now the spouse isn't there and and what's happened is you've actually got a gap for the use of your time well i'm saying let's channel that because you would be amazed at how many volunteer organizations like wayfm could use half an hour a week half an hour a week give us you know half an hour a week you could make a valuable contribution Mm. so not just wayfm I'm sure Brian Roach would at City Mission would love to hear from people who could help at City Mission. Your local church, you you could say, look, I've got half an hour a week, or or more, or perhaps even less. I'd like to give. 
how can that best be used? And, oh, man, I, in, in our church, for example, we, as you walk into the, the reception, we actually have a whiteboard where we have a list of things that need doing that really uh, are things that people can come in and volunteer to do. So, and look, volunteering is one of the most constructive things that someone who's experiencing loneliness could do it actually shifts your focus we mentioned before about the vulnerableness of being lonely it can lead someone to be in a really vulnerable place for becoming toxically lonely and in this situation it it creates uh, a, a different outlook for you it it enables someone to focus outside of their situation and serve others so that's number four um <clears throat> number three cameron is oftentimes those who are lonely who begin to feel like no one cares no one hears me no one sees me and no one needs me actually do have people who care hear see and need them and it's often that when you're in that zone of, of feeling overwhelmed by loneliness that you don't actually yourself see, hear, care or recognise that you're needed. And this is where it's, it's a, a tricky thing and it's not easy to do, but take stock of those who are already in your world who... If you, if you can appreciate it, that they do care. They do listen. They do see you. They know that, okay, you're, you're battling. And appreciate them. And, and here's the thing about life and life stages, by the way. Because this is what I've discovered. Oftentimes, uh, an, an older person will experience bereavement. And then they'll experience their children who have their own families, to fill that gap. And the, the reality is, and we'll, I'll talk about this in a moment as well, but the reality is that oftentimes that's an unfair expectation. Your son, your daughter, who's married, got their own family, where your grandchildren are, they, they have all of the hassles, they have all of the pressures, they have all of the, the stuff of life that you had at that same stage of your life and if you can remember what it's like to work 10 hours a day and you come home and you're tired and the kids need attention and then the dogs ripped the washing off the line and you you know and both parents are tired and and the kids have not doing so well at school and the teachers want to see you after work you know and all these things and we can sometimes forget that People have got lives too, you know, and it, it actually can create a, a, a problem of expectation. But we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. Cameron, let's come back after this break. And, and as we go, I just want to also say a big thank you to our, our new sponsors who've come on board with WayFM. Um, particularly, want to thank GJ Gardner Homes. If you're looking to build a home, talk to GJ Gardner. You'll hear them. Now, uh, as a sponsor advertising on WayFM, we thank them. Great company, ethical company, and we've and we've got some other 
businesses that are coming on board soon uh, who are getting right behind YFM and you'll be hearing more about them uh, thinking of uh, 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 Martin Dingamance and Mode Electrical and, and their fine company um, did Tasmania proud they're actually they won a contract believe believe this Karen they won a contract to go and put solar installation in Sudan from Tasmania well, they are a business operating here as well, and they'll yeah. be coming on board as a, a YFM sponsor. So we thank Mode Electrical as well. And also the other sponsors, they they value YFM's message of um, integrity and ethics and family values. So please support our sponsors. Let them know when you go into their business that you heard them on YFM. Let's come back after this song, and I've got two more things that I believe are practical steps for those who are battling with loneliness. And all there, of course, with the song Lonely. We're on the subject of loneliness today in our Wednesday morning discussion with Dr. Andrew Corbett. He's always putting things into perspective, and certainly today he's done that. It's no different. Please enlighten us further, Dr. Corbett. Yeah, Karen, loneliness, as we've said, is a, 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 a terrible thing. And um, it it actually is 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 really painful and it's difficult. It distorts a person's views on the world and reality and and even their own real situation. And and as I mentioned just in the last point, and I want to build on that now. Number two is when you, when you're in the spiral of loneliness, it requires a change of outlook. You actually have to say, now hang on a minute, have I got the right? perspective here i'm thinking that no one cares hears sees or needs me but have i got that right and this is where you need firstly this is change your outlook and in and and in change your outlook it means maybe your outlook is i i need people to feel un or to, to not feel lonely and the reality is being alone and being lonely are not the same thing and and many people who get into this spiral confuse the two simply being with people is not a guarantee that you won't feel lonely so maybe we need to work on not the circumstances you find yourself in but what's going on in your own heart and mind so change your outlook be content in your own skin learn to be at ease with yourself me, myself, I. <laughs> Just learn to be content. Now, that involves, be, being content in, involves having an ease about others. Because we've said before, when loneliness becomes toxic, the expectations that we have of others becomes distorted. They should be more attentive to me. They should give me more time. They should give me more attention. They should ask after me more. They should invite me to their parties. They should invite me out for coffee. They should invite me out for... And the list goes on. And the reality is, you didn't. When you were in the prime of your life or enjoying all the benefits of life had to offer you at that season in your life, you didn't do that. Well... Isn't it realistic then to think, well, maybe maybe it's difficult for people to drop everything and give me full attention? And 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 you just, it, it's almost, you know, was it Thoradin in Lord of the Rings who was cast by that spell who was asleep? He looked like he was awake. 
but he was actually asleep. Is that who it was, Cameron? Uh, I must confess, I don't know. Come on, you're a Doctor Who fan. Yeah, Surely you know Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I've watched it once or twice. You like my amazing logic there? You're a Doctor Who fan. Surely you know Doctor yeah, Lord pe- of the Rings. People would say, no, there's no connection. <clears throat> there is no connection. I was being silly. Okay. So here's, here's number one. We come to number one. So just uh, I, I suppose every, everyone's wondering what that rumbling sound in the background is. That's a drum roll. So number five is take up an interest number four volunteer number three take stock of those you already have in your world who do care see hear and need you and number two change your outlook which involves become content with your own skin and adjust your expectations of others and here's number one and number one's the big one and i'll tell you why it's the big one and this is something for me that i take a lot of heart and comfort from There were times when Jesus Christ himself, the most perfect man who's ever lived, experienced loneliness. He experienced it. We might remember his final moments before the cross. You're going to say that. There's Gethsemane. and, and, And at Gethsemane, Jesus asks his three closest friends to support him, Peter, James, and John. And we know the tragic story is that they they were there late that night with Jesus. They did not understand what he was going through. Therefore, they didn't really hear what he was telling them. Therefore, they didn't really see what he was going through. And Jesus felt lonely. And, and there he is doing what we should all do in those moments of our life because those moments will happen. And it just strikes me, if the most perfect man who's ever lived experienced loneliness at this time, what did he do? And maybe that's a clue as to what we should do. And here it is. Number one, have a heart-to-heart with God. The one who originally said, it is not good for man to be alone. In other words, God recognized the the potential damage that loneliness could do to the human soul. And he took steps to provide an answer, a means to address that loneliness. But when Jesus was, was in the depths of loneliness and anguish, he dropped to his knees. He lifted his voice and face to heaven and he cried out to God. And this is what Jesus tells us in this moment what we learn from jesus that you are you are never alone you are never alone and we all have that sense in fact i think we we all intuitively whether you're religious or not have that sense that you are never alone you are never alone i I think that sense is driven home when we go into a place where it looks like we're alone and there's silence the silence begins to be the the background to the voice of the one who never leaves us. And for many people, they can't handle the thought that there is a God who, as Bette Midler said, he's watching and he's there. I think Cliff Richard later picked it up as well. He is watching. And it may be that for you, it's from a distance. From a distance, he is watching, he is there, but the distance is not anywhere near as great as you think it is. 
And he, this is the number one thing to do. In the midst of your aloneness and your loneliness, there is a God who loves you limitlessly. He cares for you deeply. And I think even the recent comments by British comedian Stephen Fry highlight the fact that even the most strident alleged atheist knows that there is a God of limitless love and limitless power Mm. who is always there. The fact that in one breath he could say, I there is no God, I do not believe there is a God. And then in the next breath, when asked, what would you say if you were to meet God? He launched into an absolute tirade against the God who he says doesn't exist. I found that utterly bewildering and clearly very, very telling that even someone like the brilliant Stephen Fry, one of the greatest uh, comedic Actors uh, that that Britain has ever produced of, of of the two that they've produced, he's one of the greatest. We can guess who the other one is. <laughs> and here that 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 launch that tirade against God tells us that even someone who claims to be a militant atheist actually, in their heart, knows that there is a God there. He does love. He does care. He does have a plan. And the most amazing thing, even despite President Obama's presidential at the presidential prayer breakfast last week, he made some outrageous statements about Christianity. And at the end of it, he he actually said something that was true. <laughs> he said, "Sin distorts." And of everything President Obama said, I hope everything else is forgotten because it needs to be. But that one statement should never be forgotten. Sin does distort. In other words, sin is the problem. And it's sin that drives a gap between people. It's sin that drives a gap between us and God. And it's because of God's limitless love and power that he sent Jesus Christ to deal with that problem, that problem of sin, so that we need never be utterly lonely because there is always a God in our corner, a God who is always there, a God who we can talk to at any time, who the Bible says is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Cameron, I hope that people might listen to this and and this might be a new day for them. And I want to thank those people who help us to, to get this message and messages like this out, not just every Wednesday, but throughout our day and throughout the music we play and the stories that we're getting back from people, it, what we're doing is making a difference. But we need people right now where the, you know, the, the water we're giving to people is free and where the pipe work. And unfortunately, the pipe work needs to be maintained. So if you're able to help support WayFM at this time, your donation is sorely needed. We we really we had our toughest January ever and we, we we've got a bit of ground to make up now. So if you can go to wayfm.org.au slash donate, it'd be greatly appreciated. Help us to keep broadcasting this message of hope and encouragement. I'll be back next Wednesday with a very special guest. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Andrew Corbett. This message will be uploaded shortly for you to download and listen to on our website. It's 9.32 now. We've got uh, news headlines next.